Basically, and I remember it took me three tries to even get this movie more than 20 minutes in because I couldn't do it. Boy, they sure did save money on color correction. <laughs> yeah, just tint everything red or blue. It doesn't matter. <laughs> or or slightly desaturated from whatever whatever your phone is picking up. Or at least once green when they pull out the horn of Abraxas. That's right. It's flashing green. <laughs> <laughs> they cut to it, even though we don't know where it is. I think this is the most penisy minute of any movies by minute so far. <laughs> in terms of uh, being family friendly, I don't think we're—I don't think we're encouraging anyone to watch this movie with their children if they're listening I, to this. I'm not encouraging minute. anyone to watch this movie. I'm telling them about it so they don't have to. That would actually be a bad idea. You actually kind of remind me of those zombies in that one movie that whisper things in people's ear and then they go crazy. <laughs> I feel like that's your guest role in this movie. You're just spreading the hate. That's right. I'm not going to suffer alone. What gave the idea to do It was a this. stupid idea. When I actually watched the movie, I was posting about it on Facebook and just ranting about it. And then I'm like, yeah. Oh, and that's I'm like, what that was. I should do a thing about this. And then Sean German is like, yeah, do it. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, is that possible? Can I do a movie I don't like? Yeah. And it's so long. You're dedicating so much of your life to this. Well, at, at first I was thinking I'll like speed up as I go just to like show that I'm annoyed and I'll be like one minute at a time, then two minutes at a time. By the end, it's like the last 20 minutes. But I'm really, I, I think doing it one minute is really fun. I enjoy listening to this show, which is weird. <laughs> like I listen to it and I'm like, <laughs> I was on a roll. <laughs> it's funny. This movie is so dense with stuff that you just need to, like, yeah. have therapy it, about. And then it has minutes where, like, you get a close-up of the book she's reading. And so I paused and tried to read the whole page, you know, on that minute. How'd that go? It, the first one, great. The second one, it was too blurry. So I couldn't read whole sentences because they only made two pages. But I read the, the right page the first time and then the, si the left page the second time. But then there are um, minutes where nothing happens. Like, her walking in the woods and then the van drives by takes two minutes. Wow. And it's... But it's 
nothing. <laughs> but it's unsettling. It's nothing, but it's unsettling. It may be, but it's unsettling for what reason? I mean, the the music is melodramatic at a point where there's a van on a road. That's what roads are for. <laughs> it's like the, the movie is trying to get ahead of itself. It's impatient with its own slowness. I think the... I think the filmmaker was trying to... By the way, who made this? Panos Cosmatos. Movie. The Sun. Has he made anything else? He made uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow a few years ago, which is actually even worse. Uh, And then he made this. And he's the son of um, George Cosmatos, who made uh, Rambo, and who made Cobra, and who made Tombstone. Oh, so there's sort of some good stuff in there. Yeah. I mean, his father's a fine director. He was a director in the 80s, so he was making a certain kind of movie, but he was good at it. What do it. you do if that, if that guy is like, oh, movies by men, and George, uh, George, what's his face from, from, uh, it, it, the Mad Max minute listened to the minute version of his movie and decided to keep yeah. going because he, he understood finally that there were fans and that people got it. And he's like, oh, I wonder yeah. if they made one for mine. And then he's, he's searching through the page. He's like, oh, Mandy. Sucks minutes? <laughs> if he will come and be a guest, I will have a very special episode. <laughs> and I will confirm my fake autobiography of his childhood that I've been inventing in oh pieces. That's a- you, you said you haven't heard the show so far. No, I right? haven't been able to find it yet. Oh, because the current version is at 10 years old. I don't even know when he was born. I have I don't do research. Purposely. <laughs> At 10 years old, he's sitting on the set of Rambo out in the jungle. R- Rambo, uh, and, First Blood Part 2? Yeah. Okay, okay. So he's on the set for some reason. Okay. Even though they're off in the jungle somewhere. Uh, of Mexico. And then some... some uh, okay. <laughs> See, I didn't even check that. Oh, I, I, I didn't even research well, the other movie. Well, that's the thing. I, I grew up with Rambo being a Rambo fan, so, like, I was behind the fanzines. <laughs> and so, like, then, like, some other crew member, like the DP or someone, takes him aside and shows him a... They have a reel-to-reel copy of 2001, mm-hmm. and he gets he like just falls for Kubrick entirely. If you see Beyond the Black Rainbow, it's very much aping 2001 in its visual style, badly. And I have said in this movie before, I think the reason he cast Andrea Riseborough as, at this point, minute 50, I have to assume she's Mandy, because we haven't actually been told her name, as Mandy... Is because he, she's got that same sort of face as, um, I say the blank on her name in The Shining. Oh, okay. Place Wendy. You're talking about, um, well, see, now you've made me do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to but me, I don't want to look it up because that's against type for this show. To um, me. Okay. No, that's fine. I, I get it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to look anything <laughs> up either. We'll just, we'll just sit around going, doing that Minnesota thing where it's like, that one guy that's in that thing that's. <laughs> She reminds me of that one girl that's in that movie. Her name is Sandra. I think her real name is Sandra. <laughs> and she might be Clint Eastwood's real wife or was. Oh, Sandra Locke. Yeah, Sandra yeah. Locke. She reminds me of Sandra Locke. Oh, she does kind of look like her too, yeah. Yeah, I got a heavy Sandra Locke vibe from her going through this movie. Ah, uh, The Shining, The Shining, The Shining. What is her name? Shelley Duvall. Shelley Duvall, yes. Yes. She's got that same like long face, big eyes. Should be more expressive than he has her be in any of this movie? I wonder... Given the facial features. I wonder what it was like on the set of this movie. Probably, <laughs> you know, the lighting. I don't think he did much with the lighting. 
I, I mean, I know that sounds like no. I'm making a joke, but I think he just had a key light that just yeah. like just blasted into people's face wherever he was filming. Well, and in some scenes, I don't think he had any light. Wherever he was filming, that's just where the light was pointing. Yeah, at best. At best, yes. In their in their cabin, I don't think I mentioned it, but the first time we see the inside of the cabin and she's drawing and uh, Nicholas gets home. Yeah. There are like 20 lamps turned on, but it is still one of the darkest rooms I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> Somehow they <laughs> pointed all the lamps away, even though there's lamps all over the place. Wow. He probably just thought that made her glow. I mean, at this point, at this point in the movie, we don't know what the inside of their apartment looks like. No. Are you saying at minute 50? We've only seen it in the dark. Yeah. At, at minute 50? Well, we've only had, seen it in the dark. Okay. So, so my deal is I only just watched this for the first time last night because I'm just too paranoid to, uh, with the exception of, what was the cardboard movie? Dave made a maze. So good. Dave made a maze. With the exception of Dave made a maze, I wasn't willing to go into this movie not knowing what it was. <laughs> Dave Made a Maze was incredible and I loved the sound of it and I totally wanted to do that but for this one it's just like I gotta watch this because first of all I've got it on hard drive so why not and as I'm watching it somehow I don't know if I looked down or what but they were in their apartment but then they seemed to be outside they were laying there talking about what their favorite planets were oh this yes and then they're yeah. out on a boat and a lake and by a fire yeah and, and then they're back inside in the dark yeah Right. Just moving around. There's no, there's no. <laughs> there's, I think, well, at minute 50, I, it's all I can be sure of. The only establishing shot we've got in the entire movie is when they show the outside of the gas station. Oh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. It's the only time that they let us know where we are before we're there. Yeah. And I don't know how that got in there because it just seems so out of place. That had to be an accident. <laughs> yeah. Because everything else, it's just, I mean, we do see the outside of the cabin in the dark after we've been inside it already. Right. And we have to assume that's where they are. We see them on the lake, but there's no establishing shot to it because nothing happens there. We get two shots and then move on. <laughs> okay, and so you've done no research. You don't know if there's a uh, there's a script somewhere floating around that makes sense. Oh, no, no. You know, I know there's a transcript online because I started to copy and paste that sure. for notes when I started, and I'm like, no, that's too much. Too much. <laughs> so I just didn't. This movie doesn't deserve notes. It's more fun to try to figure out what they say when it's badly mic'd and badly lit. Well, you know, and it's weird. Uh, you can't. <laughs> it doesn't deserve that much of my time. You only, you only understand what's going on in this movie because somehow... In spite of himself, he managed to make a movie with a simple enough plot that you can just follow. Oh, yeah. There's some, there's the plot is yeah. Colt kidnaps and kills Mandy, and then, I don't know his name, Andy kills them all. Is <laughs> That's his, it. His name is Andy in this movie? No, I just call him that, because at minute 50, we haven't heard either of their names. Okay, that's that's fair. So I call, I usually call her air quotes Mandy and him Andy. <laughs> nice. Mandy and Andy. The, the only thing that, that threw me off when I was first watching it, I was like, these are, are these Cenobites? What are these things? Are they, are they <laughs> supposed to be demons or are they just supposed to be motorcycles? Well, they call them with the horn, so I think they're supposed to be supernatural. Right. 
Yeah, and I got that. I, and then I, they, I coined their name as Cenobabies a couple <laughs> episodes ago. Sweet. <laughs> so, so probably everyone watching this is kind of on the same page. Just trying to make sense of it from, from pop culture, from past movies. Well, and at this point, minute 50, those guys showed up. They were from showing up to kidnapping her was three minutes, I think. Yeah. And now they're gone again. Yeah. And they don't... It's it's a weird aside. We see them again later, but at this point in the movie, it's like, why were those here? Like, why couldn't his cult people kidnap her while she's sleeping? Well, and him. Yeah. Well, I don't think he'd do anything himself. He's too weird. But they were there. You know, They were in the room. It's like... It's like some dentist... This movie... This movie just... I wonder how on purpose this is. I wonder how on purpose it is that this movie is totally like just low budget schlocky horror films from the 70s. You know, it's a cult that kidnaps someone and the guy goes after him in revenge. Well, that's, that's the rest of my autobiography is essentially that at that point where he had this convergence of seeing his father making this violent, like jingoistic film, Combined with suddenly experiencing Stanley Kubrick films for the first time, he got stuck. And so he continued to be that adolescent kid. And I always say, he wrote the script then, and he just never edited it. And so this is the thing he wrote when he was like 10, 12 years old. Yes. And someone gave him money. It's like, if only I had, Andy, if only I had $16,000. Yeah. Andy has to get revenge, right? This is a revenge movie. But it's an hour into the movie that that happens, and he takes the time to forge an axe. Right. For Because cool, I guess. And then he doesn't even use it on all the people. Like, he also uses a chainsaw, because practical, I guess. Okay. <laughs> they had to bring back the fact that he's a lumberjack. We're, we're not looking anything up. And no. so I'm going to honor that. Well, you may. I'm not. I, I'm going <laughs> to honor that, because I, I, I like the road you're going down here. I want to speculate that... This is, this was written by Nick. <laughs> and he thought this would be the ultimate, like, comeback vehicle for him. Yeah, he he thought when he lights that cigarette on the burning, severed head, it would be the coolest shot ever. And right. he would get to choose his next film, whatever and, he wanted. And he, uh, well, you know, it didn't, he didn't do, he wasn't far off. This movie... Had some critical acclaim. It's it's weird. Oh yeah, it got attention. Yeah, and it got good attention. Nick did okay in this movie. He yeah. definitely had his up, in, up until this point in the movie, he hasn't done anything. No, in fact, we've only seen his face clearly once. Well, and, and honestly, I, my memory of this movie from watching it last night is that for the next forty-five minutes ago, we're just going to see him staring at the camera, tied up to something. <laughs> Oh, I don't even remember how long that sequence is. It goes on for it goes so on forever. long. That's all. They just cut to her, cut to the... Well, well, no, he's in that scene. Well, yeah, but what I'm like saying, we, but what I'm saying is he just... story about the Starlings, I don't even think it, it doesn't have to be him. He just looks and looks and looks and looks and he just stares at the camera. That's his whole deal. Yeah. I don't know... Well, if, that's everyone's deal in this movie. That's true. I have my screen frozen at the beginning of minute 50 right now and it's just Jeremiah looking at the camera. We're still on the first second of minute 50. Gotcha. <laughs> I haven't pressed play. 
Uh, yeah. I need to get the first time anyone else has been on the show, so it's just like have a conversation for whatever. Uh, Oh, I'm literally your first guest. Yeah, I I record these. I recorded like 20 episodes in a row a few days ago. I just because they're short, they're simple. Man, that's commitment. You you sat down and go. You're just like I'm doing. I'm just going to sit down and talk about this two two hour movie. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Wow. This will be the. This is already. The longest episode. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, it'll be easy to listen to then, I guess. Yeah. The uh, I think they average between about five or six minutes. There's a few that are really short and a few that are longer. So we're not we're not looking up the actors here. These no, I mean these just I have, know this guy. I don't he was in Priest? I remember, but I don't remember what his name. Oh, this is an actual actor. This guy. Yeah. Wow. Because they've been doing little roles since the early 90s. They just look like people that were maybe even homeless and outside of... Like, I assume this guy lives in Los Angeles. Therefore, there's plenty of homeless people for him to just go grab. Yeah. And he's like, hey, come out to the woods. (laughs) I'll feed you. You can can live in this place (laughs) with comfortable couches. Or he he found him at the same S&M club where he got the costumes for the Cinebabies. (laughs) That would make sense. But yeah, Jeremiah is an actual actor. Uh, I can't think of his name offhand, but he, he was in Priest, which was like about a, a little indie movie about a gay priest that came out in like 92, I think. I totally remember he's that movie. Around, yeah. He's been around a while. I actually saw that movie. And he's been in other stuff. That's just the one I remember offhand from his face. I wonder what it be, would have been like day to day filming this movie. Just, okay, here's your lines. <sighs> having to tell the Starling story, having well, to tell the... Well, and did they have multiple takes? That's like for like the Starling story. Was that filmed in one shot? I mean, it's one shot. Did they just film it and then move on? Because it sounds kind of not ad libbed, but kind of just off the cuff. Tell a story about here's what happened. Now you tell it in your version. That kind of thing. Clearly, Rucker Howard called in. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. And, and Nick just didn't have anything to say. He's just, he's just going, I'll act with my features. Except in that scene, you can't see his face. So I don't know if he was acting. The light's barely on her and he's behind her. So, and the light's so bad and they've got a, okay. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of tracking going on. Is that because, is that because they're on drugs? Are we supposed to take away <laughs> that they're on drugs or is it just bad in filmmaking this- or is it bad filmmaking? And he decided later to go, eh, they're all on drugs. Yes. All of the above. The reason everything tracks so bad is not because I had to have the gate wide open to get enough light in, but because uh, they're all on LC. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, it, in this scene, it actually almost, it works. Yeah, that there's weird lighting and it's poorly shot because she's on drugs and we're with her. Right. But so many earlier scenes, when she's walking in the woods going to work and the van drives by, everything's red. The music's melodramatic, but there's no reason yet for that to be the thing. At least in this scene, that kind of makes sense. It's poorly done, but it makes sense. I've got a theory. Okay. I think, I think he wrote, I, I think what he did, I'm just looking at the lighting now in this one scene, and everything just looks like he put it into a, a, an editing machine and then just 
like cranked up the highlights real hard. <laughs> you know, and, and then like tinted it. I think he might have made a regular movie. Regular lighting, did everything like he was supposed to, as good as he could. As good as he was, as he was capable. Who, who knows how good that actually is. Got done with it, and it was just kind of boring. Mm-hmm. And he said, I know. <laughs> I will make this a work of art. And he gets out the, he gets out the red filter. Maybe he even, maybe he even <laughs> turns off the color and then shows it on a screen through a red filter and then refilms it on the screen <laughs> with his phone. Wait, I think I'm onto something here. <laughs> Sets a, locks down a tripod real good. So, so when it, you know, mm-hmm. look unprofessional. <laughs> wow. The camera work is steady. Yeah, there might have been a tripod. <laughs> there might have even been a tripod. So this, so second one of minute 50. <laughs> clearly, yeah. clearly this is just a, like a state park shelter house that he rented. Yeah. It, it might be the building we saw the outside. Well, no, this is, are they in the cabin? I'm forgetting if they're, they got, they've got the comfortable couch. Do the walls look like they're made of windows? Second one. They kind of, yeah, they kind of do. So. This is the cabin. Yeah. Sort of rocking windows, yeah. This is Mandy's in the house. <laughs> okay. Because the whole thing, the whole cabin is made of windows of different sizes and different dimensions. Man, I'm just, this, this thing, you know, cult leaders normally, it seems to me that they, they might get a crush on someone. Yeah. And then, you know, say that they are, they need to have them because they're special. Kind of as a way of, of getting their helpers to help, you know, their, their fellow cult members to help him get this new woman that he wants to have sex with. Plus he kind of wants to make it special for himself. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to think to himself that he's just in it for the sex. By the time you're, by the time you've got this many followers and stuff, you're, you're kind of buying it yourself. Yeah. So this guy, this guy is really going on about how special she is. Right. And all he did is see her walk down a road. Right. And uh, d- don't get me wrong. Everybody is beautiful. Everybody is. Everybody, everybody's got their moments. Everybody's got someone that loves them. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know if you're, are you, are you becoming obsessed with Mandy? She's not, not ugly, but she's not, you know, how, what's a better way of saying this? There are lots of people that are as beautiful as her just walking around everywhere. Well, yeah, the first time when I saw it and he's talking about how he needs her and he's being really vague, I connected it in my head inappropriately to Dracula, where it's like, she's not just a random person right. he thinks is the of That's what else. I thought, too. This movie doesn't go that well, direction. No, yeah, because I thought that's where that movie was going, too, until they burned her up. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, I guess they didn't need her that bad. And she didn't really do anything. <laughs> I guess he just thought she was cute. Yeah. <laughs> or she was the only actress that they could do a good um, superimposition of her face on his, and it worked. Oh, weird. Because, yeah, she doesn't last, spoilers, she doesn't last much longer in this film. Yeah, this is just about, we haven't even found out her name yet. I'm not sure if we do. I clearly remember someone calling her by the name of the title of the movie. It's it's possible Andy does when he goes and talks to the guy from uh, Predator. He might mention her name. Oh, okay. The guy from Predator. Oh, God, I forgot that was in this movie. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he goes to visit him in his trailer for some reason before forging his axe. Man, my viewing of this movie was just a whirlwind of trauma. Of trauma. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I am saving the people from. Wow. <laughs> the movie is, like, I do the room minute where it's like, it's a bad movie, but it's a watchable bad movie. And we talk about other watchable bad movies. This is not a movie people should watch. And now, King Let's see, I'm, I'm going to press play and see what happens. Oh, oh, it's already happening. Special oh. one man. Oh, he said her name. It was right there. Right there. Right yeah. there, yeah. Here's yeah. special one Mandy. Wait, is that a line from the song Mandy? Oh, man, I listened to that song right before watching the movie just because I wanted something good before I started. Damn, I can't, I listened even, to the me, I can't even look up the, the lyrics. Me first, the me first and the <laughs> gimme gimme versions. Because maybe that's not even her name. Maybe he just named her Mandy. Oh, my God. Okay, what's the line? <laughs> you're a special one, Mandy. No, because that's, that's Brandy, I think, where it's like, you're, a, I don't know. No, no, if you're talking about the, the uh, if you're talking about that song, it's Mandy. No, I know, but the song where like they're saying you're a whatever, I think that's the song Brandy that they say that. So this is this is the part of the movie where to me he turns into Willem Dafoe for a second. There's a couple of there's a couple of parts during the movie where where the priest do we know his name his character's name his his name is Jeremiah but I, I Jeremiah call him fish, of course because that's what I came up with before fish I his mouth, name. Nice. okay well so Jeremiah Mister Mister Mouth mm-hmm. he uh, this is one of the scenes where he he really channels Willem Dafoe's acting in my opinion. There's a couple of scenes like this, definitely later on during a very spoiler heavy scene I won't talk about, <laughs> where he just straight up, if you weren't, if you, if you weren't watching the movie at all and you just walked into the room and, and your 14 year old was watching it for some reason, just had it on, he would look at the screen and go, huh, Willem Dafoe movie. So I paused it after he said her name, right? The, there's a weird lighting thing. Um, the other cult member whose name I don't know. Yeah. Who I always call Native American guy. Is that because of the ball cap? No, when we first saw him, he I, I swear he's been recast during this movie. Because oh he looked very different the first time we see him in the van. He looked like clearly a Native American dude. And he looked like he could act. <laughs> like he was the only one in the van who looked like he actually was looking out the window and seeing something interesting. I know what you're talking about. But in this red shot, there is a white light on his forehead. Right, okay, I, I know what that is. Okay. Okay, as you're looking at that white light, check it out. Right now... It looks like he has the brim of a ball cap sticking out oh, of his head with a light shining. But why is it white? Right. Okay, here's what you're looking at. That's a lamp that's behind him. 
And he's got oh, his head so thrown back. it's the light bulb, and so it's glowing too much to the get the red tint. Is the okay. light bulb. Right. <laughs> I thought it was his head, and I'm like, he's he's not interesting. I know. Uh, well, once he moves his head, then you can you can see that it doesn't move with him. Oh, is he going to move? There it does. <laughs> yeah, it's like an eight. He, he goes from having his head back to having his head down. Yeah, because they're all very excited about this speech. They're like, oh, he's he's going like, to take on Lucy's this. asleep. Native guy is passed out. Swine is sort of paying attention, but he always looks bored. He's, he's kind of having a good time. I think he's got, I think he's going back and forth though, cause he's just drinking his coffee and has his Sunday comics on his lap, it looks like. When he's holding the album cover for Jeremiah's album. Oh, is that what that is? Cause Jeremiah used to be a singer. Gotcha. <laughs> you can't tell him this light. And aren't all cult leaders, don't they have an album? Probably. Isn't that one of the requirements? Like, oh, have you heard my album? But do all cult leaders wear this Spock robe though? <laughs> Oh, only, only when they're going through the uh, uh, pond farm. <laughs> oh, that explains this movie so much. He's a he's an escaped right. Vulcan who's going through pond far, So he sees a woman. It's been seven years. Yeah, and he must have her. <gasps> I'm pretty sure he already. I'm pretty sure he already already got Lucy pregnant though. So oh, does he need? Is it a really long pond far? So he just has to find someone else. Maybe because that's the only thing that's long. Okay, pressing play. Ugh. <laughs> oh. Oh yeah, dude moved his head. Yeah, he he went from back to to forward. Yeah, barely. But I think they were the background people were, except for Brother Swine, were all directed to just look bored. Well, it's funny because oh, but when he opens the robe, Brother Swine checks him out. <laughs> <laughs> But Brother Swine is in love with him. We've established that earlier. He's totally like, and he's smiling uh-huh. too. He's got like a satisfied uh-huh. smile. The the woman to his right, what's her name? Doesn't matter. The woman to his right, uh, she doesn't have a name. I just call her white haired lady. She is definitely not looking. No, she's like definitely just staring right at Mandy. She's like, nope, I'm not looking. They, at they've been filming this scene all day. She's tired of it. She's probably she she's. She's practically getting ready to put her hand up and do that shielding her eyes thing. <laughs> yeah, she's staring at something off to the side. She's like, I'm, I don't need to see this. She's like, nope, I'm not looking over there. Not looking over there. Nope. You know, this guy could help himself a lot just by having better posture. <laughs> Presentation is, is, you know, at least one third of the, at least one third of what you need here at this point. He's presenting the part he wants to present. Yeah, but he's all slouched <laughs> over. He's got his gut sticking out. Like, ah, oh. he's not helping himself. Is all I'm saying. Okay, what does Mandy say? Hey, you made this song. Oh, you made this song. That's it. I don't know. Yeah, she said you made this song. I thought she said something about it. Yeah, I did. Yeah, she just asked me made. Oh, the song they're listening to. Yeah, that's his album. Oh. You know, I think rather than keeping people from watching this movie, you're actually making it so that people need to go back and watch it like 17 times. <laughs> it could actually be doing the world a disservice by having this podcast. Oh, and technically she laughs at him next minute on my timer. And it's about you. Okay, so what are the li- what do the lyrics say? I only heard the opening line, and that's why I knew it for sure it was him, because you can barely read the writing on the album cover. 
which is his name. It says Jeremiah, and then something that starts with S. I think I accidentally figured out that his name is Jeremiah Sand, but I don't remember where I read that. She's about to laugh. You know, spoilish for the next episode. <laughs> which, I guess, maybe that's why she dies. Or maybe he's going to kill her the whole time. I don't remember. I don't remember the dialogue from Killer. Or where Andy is right now. I mean, wouldn't he want her to get pregnant? Wouldn't he want her... Well, yeah, he said he felt naked without... All the all the self-respecting cult leaders I know would be uh, would be getting her pregnant. Yeah. Not killing her. Right, you don't kill her for at least another, like, ten months. <laughs> well, then you need someone to raise him. Unless it's going to be Miss Katie. He's got, he's got white-haired lady for that. He's got Lucy. Lucy can do it. She's got her own kid on the way. Oh, her name is Miss Kitty to me now. <laughs> or the, you can't see him in any of this scene, but the guy who looks like Jake Busey. There's a Jake Busey guy. Yeah, he's, he's in the corner of the couch right now, so you can't see him. He's behind Jeremiah. But he looks like Jake Busey if he's like, on drugs. <laughs> like he's got a mouth open like he's drooling the whole time. So he looks like Jake Busey is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, now that guy's gonna tweet me. <laughs> And there used to be the the fat guy, but they sacrificed him to send a babies. That's right. Did they give him his blood in a mason jar? Am I remembering that right, or is that just trauma messing with me? They gave him something in a jar. Because they needed blood. It wasn't. Okay, so, okay, they needed blood for the summoning. They Because he summoned them, because he blew the horn of a breath. You're assuming a lot. No one mentioned blood. <laughs> oh, didn't they? Oh, oh. I thought they said... I thought there was a situation where when you use the Horn of Abraxas, they can't go away until they have blood. Well, that's why they sacrificed him. It wasn't the drink. Oh, oh, oh. The drink might have just the been drink some... drink would just like to say hi. Yeah. Could have just been some Crown Royal apple. Regal apple. Yeah. Well, it looked like a... Uh-huh. Like, it looked... Yeah, it looked thick, but in a... Yeah, I don't know. Wait, one, two, three, four, five... Yeah. Maybe it was like a milkshake. But then, yeah, when they when the Sun Babies took or were holding down Mandy and Andy, they grabbed the cherub-looking guy and yanked him away into the darkness because they sacrificed him. And an earlier Swine and Jeremiah were making fun of him about how fat he is. Do you think this is happening on planet Earth? Yes. Why? And oddly enough, there's evidence for that because uh, we saw the regular forest and the lumberjacks. Briefly. You sure. And Mandy sure. only just discovered that other planets exist and she referenced Jupiter and Sat, he mentioned Saturn. It could be Mars with all the red, eh. I guess. <laughs> it's in the past. This is Mars. When Mars had life. You're saying it could be bar- Mars billions of years ago. Yeah. That's why she was so shocked that she saw a van on the road because it was literally the first van she's ever seen. That would make sense. Like what's, because they came from Vulcan. <laughs> well, I don't... Cause I, Jeremiah is a Christian prophet from Vulcan. A Christian prophet from Vulcan who's experiencing Ponfar. <laughs> it's the first Ponfar ever, so it's On Mars. Long. On Mars, six billion years ago. Mm-hmm. And they just... And Andy is going to single-handedly deforest Mars as its best lumberjack. I wouldn't... You know, I just wouldn't put it past Nick Cage. <laughs> With that special axe, you know. No kidding. He'll just chop down all the trees. Just five at a time. He he won't even need the chainsaw anymore. (laughs) He'll just throw it, and it'll just spin around. That's the sequel. Be just Andy, and it's just him cutting down trees for two hours. Maybe the son of babies show up. I don't remember if he kills them. (laughs) 
I think he kill, doesn't he kill, isn't there like a, yes, I think so. Isn't there a scene where the axe is? I know he kills at least one of them, but I don't even remember what happens flying. to them. You just, some, some son of baby's just sitting there on a motorcycle or something and the axe just flies from out of nowhere and That sounds familiar. Yeah, when they showed up a few minutes ago, I had forgotten. <laughs> He went out to blow the horn. I'm like, what is he doing? (laughs) (laughs) Guys on motorcycles show up. I'm like, oh yeah, that's this movie. (laughs) On Mars. I blocked out half the movie. My problem is... I know, I'm just experiencing it as slow motion. (laughs) Yeah, that's really what you're doing. The second time. Ooh. Oh, that's painful. (laughs) I really want to watch a movie for the first time doing this. Because that would be fun. It would be fun. Find a movie I haven't seen and commit to it. Pull a pull a pull a Jerry. I I think I think what happened. I think the filmmaker just changed his mind throughout the movie. I think he was going to have. You're saying he wrote it by the time he was eight or fourteen or whatever his age was. Well, I also have suggested that he had two completely different scripts. One had, didn't have an ending. One didn't have a beginning. So he shoved them together. <laughs> that actually makes sense. Okay, that actually that actually uh, works with what I was thinking too. <laughs> Before the van shows up, I don't know what the movie is. It's this boring, idyllic fantasy of this couple living in the woods, and nothing happens. And then these people show up, and everything turns to violence. And apparently, she works at the store at the gas station. Uh huh. And she reads fantasy novels really slowly. <laughs> See, my my idea also was they could have made if he wanted to include this couple of pages of fantasy novel that he made up as a prop, she could have been reading that on the boat. Right. While hanging out with Andy. It could have been part of their relationship and see their interaction. Instead, we barely see them interact. She tells the Starling story and he's not visible and barely reacts until the end of the story. So it sounds to me like you're having the same reaction to this movie as I am. Kind of... I... My... my I, it's a bad movie. It's, it's not a good movie. Yeah. There's nothing good about it, right. yet I find it fascinating. It, well, I think in a way, as much as I say constantly what's wrong with it, if you look at individual shots, individual moments, they look like a movie. Yeah. But none of them are put together well. Uh, I forget, I think it was David uh, that said the joke about, like, if I made a t-shirt, on the back it needs to say, cut to blurry. Because <laughs> <laughs> that happens so often in this movie. <laughs> It's like, you cut to something, and you're like, what's on the screen? I don't know. Wow. Or cut cut to fire. Cut. They cut to a close-up of fire. Yep. Covering the entire screen and mirrored down the center. So yep. it's deliberate shot that they faked for the image. I don't know why at that point in the movie. Well, so the inevitable question whenever I come across a movie like this, when there's elements of things that I like in it, mm-hmm. I think to myself, could this be a good half-hour, could this be a good half-hour television show? Would there be a way to edit this? This could be to make it exciting and awesome. This could be a much better movie if you cut out out of these first fifty minutes, cut out about forty of them, <laughs> and then and then just have like kind of the revenge thing. Yeah, like that first night we see them in bed and they're talking about the planets. Get rid of that. Have the have the Santa baby show up that night. But if you get rid of that, then how do you have the twist ending where it turns out they're on another planet? No, it, they have the conversation about the planets, and oh, then okay. they go to sleep, Santa babies show up. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, I see. He cut right to, all of a sudden he's getting his hands, head slammed against the, mm-hmm. well, somehow he made it outside, but he's getting his head slammed against the ground at that point. Yeah. It's like, oh, good night, and then 
boom, and they're both looking, staring at each other scared. Yeah, and then even let the, probably, I'll see when I get to it, the torture scene go on for as long as it does, because then it sets up, that's where we get to know these characters, is in that scene alone. Well, and then you're getting into kind of Rob Zombie land, yeah. in, in terms of like how your movie looks, how your movie is paced. Well, I've, I compared part of this, his, like, as I said, we don't know Mandy's name, we don't know Andy's name, as soon as we meet them, we find out his name is Jeremiah. We find out that the other guy's brother Swine, that the younger girl is Lucy. Three of them have names immediately. Sure. And sure. I co- I compared it like you could do that sort of movie where your main characters are the bad guys. It's been done. <laughs> it's so funny that we're both like thinking the same thing. I wonder if just tons of people yeah. out there watch this and, and start thinking Rob Zombie. Well, unfortunately, I think there's a ton of people who love this movie, and I don't like those people. <laughs> Boy, it's hard to, it's hard to put my finger on it though. I mean, there's so much that's wrong, wrong, wrong with this movie. Yeah. And, and yet, eh, I think I'm going to watch it again tonight. I just might. Wow. Maybe we'll have you back for the, for minute 100. <laughs> uh, yeah. I can't tell, I can't tell if there's just nothing going on, nothing else going on. And they're stupid, or if there's a lot going on and I'm stupid. Well, it's like the introduction to Jeremiah. He is immediately the most hateable character ever. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, on the one hand, it's because the actor is doing his job. But on the other hand, it's because the script is horrible in that scene. He's referencing things we haven't seen in order to be mad at a character we don't know. Because he's in love with another character we also don't know. (laughs) But in that scene... The actor is doing his job, and so he immediately, you hate him. He's horrible to the white-haired lady, and then he's immediately nice to Brother Swine, because Brother Swine knows how to give him what he wants. Man. So, so back into the desert for you, maybe. Mm-hmm. Starting yeah. minute 51, you're just talking into the void again. Yep. Wow. Sometimes it's fun. Uh, minute 12, I think it was, I ended up pausing, pulling out a thing I wrote when I was like 10, and read a couple pages of it. Because it was awful. <laughs> but then talked about how when I went back and rewrote it, because I like the premise, years later I wrote it as a screenplay, I changed it. I updated it. I fixed it. I don't think you fixed anything. This comes across as an adolescent fantasy that someone got the money for and didn't have anyone edit. Wouldn't there have been more naked ladies? Not if he's not into that. It could be a call. Uh, well, uh, yeah, okay, that's true, that's true. I was. I guess I was projecting my own 14-year-old experience on it. <laughs> That's why, right yeah. that's why they're all standing around uh, boards, because they filmed this scene all day. It'd be a lot more Thulsa Doomy. There'd be a lot more yeah. scantily clad women running around in my cult, in my cult movie. Yeah, that that's how you know. This is what he's into. Weird Cenobite fetish with bikes and naked guy in a Spock robe. I can't wait for the sequel. <laughs> Just, just try to try to watch his earlier film, and you will want him never to make a movie ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing else for you. Here, it's so boring. Nothing happens, <laughs> and then at the end, the main character doesn't do anything. Like the the, the villain falls over and hits his head. Spoilers. This is that uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow thing. Yeah. Oh man. And I will I will spoil that movie. At the end, the villain falls over and hits his head. The arguable main character doesn't do anything. <laughs> he doesn't push him over. No. She she just is there. He's coming. The main, he's coming okay, the main character is a she. Yeah. Well, arguably. Arguably the bad guy is the main character in that movie, too. But the girl who's trying to get away sees him, 
he trip he gets his foot caught on something, falls over, hits his head, and she just walks away. That's the end of the movie. That's the kind of bad guy I would end up being. That's after two hours. The guy just falls and hits his head. In a different kind of movie, you can get away with that sort of ending because it's like it's about like the way the universe deals with. The, but that's not what the movie's about. Same with this one. It's just I'm not sure yet what the movie is trying to be about, and so it's constantly failing because it doesn't tell us. Like we should know your main characters' names by now. And uh, I, we don't have enough time anymore to even talk about the tiger. <laughs> but I can't wait to hear these episodes and <laughs> come out. <laughs> now I got to see if I can do an episode on my own that is this long. Oh, good luck. <laughs> well, on the upside, on the upside uh, of everything I've said, probably you're going to end up editing, so you'll still only get 15 minutes out of it. I I think I could get at least 20. Ah, that's good. <laughs> I don't promote myself on this show. I, this, the listeners probably don't even know my name. But Curtis, <laughs> if listeners want to hear more of you, where can they do so? Well, they can hear at least half of the movie. And I swear to God, we are finishing it of Better Off Dead. We're just waiting till winter when I'm not busy anymore. Not Jason's fault. Totally my fault because I started four businesses like back to back. Oh. And they all hit. So there you are. Nice. And then also... When that gets over, and possibly while it's going, I'm doing something called the uh, Neuromancer Minute, which is actually listening to the audiobook one minute at a time <laughs> and talking about it. That'll be interesting. Yeah. So kind of kind of in the spirit of movies by minute, except it's an audiobook. Because there's no movie of Neuromancer yet, right? No. And, and if there ever is, man, uh, how good will that be? Now, to end... Despite what you're about to hear as the usual outro, listeners, clearly I had time for this today. I don't have time for this today. That's not even my desk.